Go bump in the night, chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright, thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast. Thank you for joining us here on the Nerds from the Crypt podcast, the podcast that reviews your favorite horror movies, series, books, and comics. We also invite indie creators to come on talk about their upcoming horror projects. I'm your host, Saul. I'm Greg. And I'm David. We have another great indie um, creator coming on to the to the podcast to talk about a Kickstarter campaign that I and I ran into uh, like two days ago, and I had to go ahead and invite him to come on to the onto the podcast to talk to us. Everyone, can you all say hello to Mike Shea? Hello. Good morning. How are you uh, doing today, Mike? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Good. Good. Yeah. This is our um, our hobby day, I guess, our hobby hours. Um, we, get to, we get to wake up super early on on a Saturday and, and come and talk to to players. <laughs> oh, just wait, guys! Just wait until you have little kids. You know, this is. <laughs> um, well, Greg and David are from from the um, from Washington, mm-hmm. um, so they they're like at six o'clock over there in their time. <laughs> early. Um, so, so Mike, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself in, in um, as far as like a, um, what you do and and how you got to where you're at right now in creating the comic? Sure, absolutely. So, uh, my name is Mike Shea. I'm a writer and editor in my real time job, and uh, have been a comic creator and comic follower for a long, long time. And uh, hooked up with an artist named Ryan Mendoza, who's really great, who's working out of the Philippines. And we were just kicking around doing a, a real comic and putting it up on Kickstarter and, you know, really trying to make a go at it. And we were kicking around ideas and we were thought, you know, superheroes. No, we don't really want to do that. And we started talking. And one of the ideas that, that Ryan tossed out was the idea of something at a weird school, sort of the way he phrased it was at Miskatonic University, but like younger. And so we came up with Miskatonic High. And so he is a big, big Lovecraft fan. He likes the mythos quite a bit. I've read quite a bit of the mythos. I'm not quite as big a fan as he is. But uh, the term Miskatonic is a, t- is a term that Lovecraft used for a number of things. It's a made-up term. But where he came up with it is actually from a place out in western Massachusetts called the Housatonic. It's a, it's a river out there. And that's where I used to live. And so I like the idea of working from a real place, but turning it into a really strange and creepy place. <laughs> and so, yeah, so we, we came up with the idea and immediately we both loved it and started running with it. And what is your, your um, I guess, your history with horror? Like, did you grow up growing, liking horror or this type of, this type of, um, of writing? Um, I've always liked horror, but I'm not a traditional horror kind of guy. I like, you know, more psychological horror, more terror, you know, things that after you leave the theater, left after you leave the theater, you're still sort of creeped out and thinking about and thinking, you're looking in the shadows and you're thinking, oh man, I don't know what's out there. (laughs) (laughs) It's what, um, what Greg and I like to say, call, uh, people monsters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's that's my kind of horror is people monsters because 
you know, if you if you leave the theater and you've just seen, you know, Swamp Thing or something like that, you're thinking, okay, I don't I don't really have to worry about running into one of those. If if you leave the theater from like Silence of the Lambs, you're thinking, oh man, where is Hannibal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what that's what I always say, yeah. and uh, that's why we we coined the term uh, "poopo monsters" yep. uh, mm-hmm. for our podcast because um, what was it? What what movie was it? Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Just like it's just a people monster movie. Mm-hmm. It's people monsters. Oh, <laughs> you're always waiting for a monster to so show many. up, and you're like, oh, they've been here the whole time. <laughs> they've been there the whole time. <laughs> so let's not talk about the project. Um, okay. We talked a little bit about it already. The Kickstarter campaign that we uh, are that you are running right now is for issue two, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, what can can people expect to find in, let's say, if they're picking it up for the first time for issue one? Sure, absolutely. So, we wanted to keep this like a fun comic. You know, I like I like horror, but I also like it with a bit of humor tossed in. You know, sort of mm-hmm. keep it fun, keep it light. You know, so we're kind of more of a light horror, you know, we're not quite a, a high school comedy, but there's definitely a tongue in cheek aspect to it. So what for sure. Yeah. So what we did was we are really mining the Lovecraft sort of weird tales mythos like that sort of kind of horror, you know, nothing with devils or angels or that sort of thing. It's really sort of cosmic entities there's weird tentacle creatures that sort of stuff there's um eldritch magic you know it's it's that kind of stuff and so our kids we have five teenagers and they're on a community service club and they end up accidentally going back in time to egypt in about 700 a.d and they come across the necronomicon and things go squirrely from there. Um, so that was our first issue. It's it's part of the Kickstarter. You can get it through there. But so we've moved on to the second issue, which is the kids are back to normal time. And they're trying to figure out what's going on. Like, was this a real thing? Was it a hallucination? What is it? And while they're doing it, they go on the community service club out to one of the members owns an orchard. And so they're picking apples. And a giant sinkhole opens up underneath them. And two of them start exploring and they don't, oh, no. <laughs> they don't come back. <laughs> and, and so it opens up and yeah, there's some, there's some things down there you don't want to discover. And there's some <laughs> secrets under there, some family secrets. It's all kinds of stuff down there. So, you know, we had a lot of fun with it. That's the one we're, we're doing right now. It's one of the, it's, it's been my favorite issue to write so far. And I, I think people are really going to like it. What um? Well, you kind of already told us how you got to the to the to the world, but how did you come up with the actual the five characters or the five students that we follow? Um, where, sure. where was their inspiration? Sure, absolutely. So, we sort of followed the John Hughes method of creating characters. This, uh, when we were kicking around the idea for this comic, we sort of started terming terming it uh, the Breakfast Club in Hell. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have. One kid, he's the, he's on the student council. He's you know super smart but super ambitious. We have one kid who is you know on the the high school hockey team and he's a bit of a jock. And then we have one girl who is sort of the outcast, you know, rural girl who's just trying to hide in plain sight. 
we have one girl who loves the odd, you know, she's probably into to cosplay and, you know, all of that stuff. And then we have one girl who is like super popular and is, is trying to become a social media star. And the way we sort of came up with it was we, we wanted a mixture of kids and we wanted to put them in to a situation where they would all be together, but they're not friends. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like high school because we really wanted to, we didn't want to just be a horror comic. We didn't just want to have comedy. We also wanted to take kids and sort of put them into these situations where they sort of have to deal with each other and sort of explore high school too, you know, because there's a certain psychological horror just to high school that we wanted to, 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 to talk about. And so we wanted to get a diverse group of kids, put them in there and see what happened. And so we really worked on their backgrounds. And as we did, we realized going forward, the first, you know, four or five issues, we're just going to focus on one kid per issue and explore them, explore their families, explore their backgrounds and sort of find out who each kid is and really create solid characters so that when you add the horror on top and they get start getting chased around by monsters or whatever, you're really sort of concerned for them. You don't want to see them get eaten. As far as the, um, I guess, the baddies or the um, the creatures that they run into, like mm-hmm. I say, the first issue and, well, and the second issue, mm-hmm. uh, where did you, how did you choose the, those particular creatures <laughs> to be the baddies? <laughs> sure. Um, so for the first issue, our baddie is, well, there's, there's two of them. The main one, um, is a tentacle monster. So initially when I wrote the script for the first one and and sent it over to Ryan, the monster was going to be a creature entirely made out of shadows. Hmm. And so I sent that to him and he's like, uh, dude, how do I draw shadows? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Good point. It's. You know, it's one of those things as a writer, you think, oh, man, this is such a great idea. And then you get to the, the artist and he's like, you are the dumbest guy I've ever met. <laughs> um, so so I said, OK, well, what do you think? And so he came back and said, look, I have this idea. It's like a monster entirely composed of tentacles. And they sort of come together into just this humanoid figure. But at any point, it can break up into all these little tentacles. And, you know, if you're doing a Lovecraft comic, you can't not have tentacles. So. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then so so that was the, the main baddie for the first one. And then for the second one, um, you know, one of the things that Lovecraft wrote about was humanity devolving into creatures. And he did this in a number of stories, you know, the rats in the walls, the working fear and I a number of these stories and it's one of those ideas that's always been really really compelling to me is you know the idea of people just becoming monsters because that way you still have the humanity aspect of it but you also have the animal really weird aspect of it and you know when we were talking about the kind of horror i like and one of the one of the other things that i like is nature as kind of nature as the monster you know so if you think of like jaws mm-hmm. the shark isn't bad it isn't evil it just wants to eat you know yeah. and that's you know and you don't blame the shark you're just really really scared of it and so i kind of like bringing that aspect of horror in as well so with, for the second one we have these rats things that are that are the monsters and yeah they're they're nice and scary <laughs> the uh when you say the the rats in the wall, it reminded mm-hmm. me of 1922. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you read or, or saw that film. 
but the 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 way that Stephen King writes about how the the rats are gnawing through the wall, it just it always sticks with me. And anytime I hear anybody say anything about rats, I always think about that. That's <laughs> yeah. See, see, for oh man, for me, it's you know, I think back to to high school and when they made us read 1984, and the guy's mm. fear was this cage being put on his head, and this rat right staring him right mm. in front of the eyes, and you know, at any time they can open this thing, and the rat's just going to come out and just tear his face off, and oh. <laughs> I wonder if that's where they got that scene for the what's it called the Wicker Man for with the yeah, with the, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the bees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. So um, I saw like in your in in the in the map area in in your secret section in book number one. So mm-hmm. is this is this set like in Massachusetts, Connecticut? Oh, yeah. Yep. So. The, uh, so the Housatonic is a river, and it's it's out in western Massachusetts. It's um, mm-hmm. right near the line between uh, next to, to New York State. And the, what mm-hmm. it is is the the start of the Housatonic goes there, and it flows down into Connecticut. And so it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a real place, and it's kind of, you know, Lovecraft wrote a, a number of times about sort of western Massachusetts and, you know, like the Dunwich Horror, like all these these farm places. And, mm-hmm. and this is really where he's talking about. And so I wanted to set it in a real place to sort of give it, you know, some real a real setting that you can believe in. And but as we've gone along, we've sort of taken a lot of Lovecraft, a lot of the places that he's written about and sort of mm-hmm. applied it to these things. Mm-hmm. So one of the stories I'm writing right now is the Housatonic flows down through Connecticut and out to the ocean. Mm-hmm. So what we decided was, OK, the Housatonic flows down or the Miskatonic River in our, in our thing, flows mm-hmm. down, and just before it gets to the ocean, it comes to Innsmouth. And so uh, so we're going to write an Innsmouth story, and so cool. our kids, kids are going to end up there. And, yeah, if, if, you know, if you know the shadow over Innsmouth, you know that things aren't going to end well there either. No, no. Not. <laughs> the, the reason I ask is because, like, when, when people base stuff that has a, a, a tinge of reality to it, it's always nice if you're, if you're a fan of it to be able to, like, oh, hey, this is the place. And then, you know, you got people that are posting pictures to your thing <laughs> or whatever. And it, so I was like, oh, yeah, if this is, like, based in, in some sort of reality, somebody out there is going to be like, dude, I know that. I've been oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> Tagging well, themselves in it. Absolutely. I think we're going to get there. But so one of the nice things about the Berkshires is it's like this really weird mix of people is Mm -hmm. you have these it's rare, very rural Western Massachusetts, you know, blue collar folks. And then you have like New York tourists show up and they like buy everything. Uh And then you you have like this group of like 60s hippies who came out there and just stayed there. So it's like (laughs) this weird mix where there's a lot of tension and you're like, oh, yeah, I can write that. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, I noticed in each of the issues, there's like a, a little intro with a character starting it out. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also very humorous. Where did the idea from that uh, for that come from? Uh, I want to say that I can create it myself, but actually, I stole it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> honesty, we like honesty. Yeah, so, so I was uh, I was reading this comic called Gwenpool, and it's it's from Marvel, <laughs> and it's kind of this weird. Uh, meta thing and and so they had the main character sort of telling you what happened last issue and I'm like oh man that is so good so I gotta steal that and so so I did and so we put it in there and the nice thing is our stories are so packed with with the horror elements with the action elements with with all this that you don't really have time for these like little asides and this little humor stuff and so 
doing those those little intro things allows me to be the characters and sort of do a humorous version of those characters. And so you get a you get a feeling for the character before you even start reading the book. Right. We've been talking a lot on the show about the balance between comedy and horror and, and it was really interesting seeing that in your story as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well yeah, it's like, you know the way the way we feel about it is <laughs> and probably completely wrongly was we thought, okay, we're we're gonna write this story and we wanna keep it fun and we like horror, but we also like you know, keeping it fun. So we'll add some layers of, of, of comedy on top of it. And it's not like real comedy, it's more like the things you say if you saw a monster and you're you're just completely freaked out. You know? and, and it comes right. out and it's like if you if you weren't completely freaked out, it would be funny. But you know, if you're in the moment it's completely scary. Um, so we thought, okay, you know, this is going to be great because we're going to be able to get all the horror fans with the Lovecraft stuff. And then we're going to be able to get all the comedy fans and the high school fans with all the comedy and high school stuff. And then we put it out there and we're like, you know what? We're going to get like three people who this is like the core audience of (laughs) both Lovecraft and comedy. Well, I don't know. Uh, right here. Yeah. A lot of Lovecraft is is coming on to this show actually yeah um, talk to so many different creators who have either inspiration in lovecraft or are doing some type sort of uh of update uh, or like it's i guess you can say a reboot of the of the mythos mm-hmm. and i can only say that before this podcast i didn't know too much uh, about the love lovecraftian mythos um but i've learned a lot because there's so many of the the creators that that are trying to, like I said, either either write about it or bring it into their story somehow. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's like this cool subgenre of of horror right now that's really becoming popular. And and one of the things that I think really works about it is that it's it's a it's a worldview where it's almost completely chaos. So it's like mm-hmm. you, ex- you accept that there's no demons, there's no devil, there's no God, there's no heaven, there's no hell, there's none of that. All you have are these monsters, and these monsters are so completely beyond your comprehension. And, there, and there's this magic, and you don't understand this magic, and it's terrible and horrible. And it's, you know, I, I think it speaks to kind of our, our day and age where there's this feeling that, you know, all this stuff is happening and there's nobody in control of it. And I think that's something that really people are tapping into. And this is a horror that completely speaks to that. It's like the whole thing is like, like you said, uh, what's scarier to have a being that controls everything that's in charge of everything or that there is no mm-hmm. order that it's just everything is just out of whack and just randomly. Well, exactly. And everything is happening randomly and nothing means anything. And what's even worse is there's all these forces happening out there and they're monsters and there's creatures. And, you know, to you, to them, you're nothing but like a little flea and they could kill you at any possible moment. And that's all you are. And that's that's mm-hmm. a kind of horror that that really, really speaks and resonates, I think, with a lot of people right now. And it's something that I really enjoy writing about. It's, you know, because, you know, to, to speak honestly, that's kind of how you feel when you're in high school is that you're this little speck and nobody really cares about you and you have no control over your life. And <laughs> the forces being around you can, can destroy you at a moment's notice. And I just really like the overlap of those two things. The elder gods are the the, the popular high school. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You got it. <laughs> wow. Well, 
let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about the campaign itself. Okay. What are the different type of um, let's tiers that people can can um, get into? Sure, absolutely. So we um, purposefully have done it. So we took a, a look at a lot of the different kickstarters that are out there, and you see these kickstarters. And I'm I'm not saying that it's wrong because I know how expensive comics are, but you look at them and it's like. Fifteen dollars for for a twenty four page issue. It's, you know, it's ten dollars for a, for a, a digital comic, and it's like, I don't want to do that. I don't. I don't want to do that to the people reading us. I want them. To, mm-hmm. to, I want to get as many people as possible. So we really set our rewards up to to really make it easy for people. So there's uh, two dollars for the digital. It's it's we set up an early thing. So four dollars for the comic. I think it's now five because I think they used them all up. You know, so really, if you want to get a taste of it, it doesn't cost a lot. You can really try us out. And then if you like us, you want to support us. If you want to get all the extras, we got all kinds of things. We got um, a cool variant that has a Lovecraft story at the end um, in the comics. So you can you can read sort of our update and then you can get go back to the original. So sort of, you know, the best of both worlds. Got a little chocolate in my peanut butter and a little peanut butter in my chocolate. (laughs) Nice. Nice. I like we have one reward that's the we call it the noir variant. So it's it's we took our issue and we stripped all the color out of it because you know we think you know like you can't be a horror classic unless you're in black and white. Um, and then we have what else do we have? We have you know stickers and we have um, we're doing some stretch campaigns. We're we're doing one with the behind the scenes, but we're also going to do one with some trading cards. So we got we have all kinds of things, and it really depends on whatever you want. If you want to keep it nice and simple, we can, we have that. And if you really like the bells and whistles, we have that. Goals for the series: how how many issues are you looking to to possibly be able to do, or is it going to be as much as you're able to keep going? Sure. So the way we've talked about it is um, sort of in seasons. So that's kind of a popular thing in comics right now is mm-hmm. to talk about in terms of seasons. And so we're right now we're just working on a first season and we've actually drawn, written, drawn, lettered, completely got the whole season done. It's six issues. It sort of wraps up a, a number of the, the storyline and threads that go through the, the first several issues. And so, yeah, once we do the series of six Kickstarters for the issues, we're going to we're going to put that out as a, a trade paperback. And then we're already working well beyond that. And I think ryan has just finished the art for issue eight and i'm writing the script right now for issue 10 so so you know not to to get too far in the weeds but for comics on kickstarter there's there's kind of two types there's ones where you have a whole lot of people working on it and they're all sort of getting paid and so your goals have to be really large in order for that thing to come out of the comic and i get that because you know there's a lot of moving parts in comics and then and then you have kickstarters like ours where it's you know i do the writing i do the lettering ryan does the 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 drawing and then the coloring and then we just put it all out and you know for the pair of us it's more important that we get it out and get it to to people who are going to like it and we make Mm -hmm. any money off of it so we can afford to have really low goals so that helps us a lot so you know allows us to to be affordable allows us to have low goals so we really think that we can keep doing this for a long time that's nice that's i guess it's good to our people to know that they're once they get hooked into the story that it's not going to end like in 
two or three issues, you know? Well, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, even though what I got into comics was the limited runs because mm-hmm. I was so intimidated by by Marvel and DC not knowing where to start and not knowing mm-hmm. like where it's going to end and all. I got mm-hmm. brought into comics by by picking up these this two or three issues, four issues uh, runs. But at the same time, when I got to the fourth one, I, w- I felt like, oh, yeah, this is complete. At the same mm-hmm. time, I kind of want more of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, to speak to that, it's, you know, one of the things that's really intimidating about comics and especially comics right now, if you're you're into individual issues, is you really can't pick one up because writers are really writing these things right now that it's like one long story and this is part three and part three makes no sense if you read if you haven't read part one and part two <laughs> and so one of one of the things that we wanted to do was we really wanted to co- sort of go old school we wanted to go not necessarily self-contained issues but each one is sort of an individual story you're going to get a, a beginning a middle and end and they're going to be different so if, if you get around to reading our comic you know the first story is sort of the setup and then the second story it's a complete tale all by itself. And then the third one is a complete tale all by itself, but it's a different kind of horror. It's a different kind of story. Mm-hmm. Some are more funny. Some are less funny. Some are more action. Some are more frightening. Some are more weird tales. Some are more Lovecraft. And we really want to just do stories like that. So anybody who sort of picked us up, you can pick up any issue and just enjoy it for what it is. You don't have to have read the first one. You don't have to have read, you know, 300 comics before this to, to really yeah. enjoy it. And so, yeah, so that that's something we really wanted to do because, yeah, like you, I find continuity intimidating, especially these days where creators are writing it like kind of like a Netflix TV series where it's mm-hmm. like one long thing and you can't pick up in the middle. You got to have started from the first mm-hmm. and you got to binge the whole thing to get the whole story. And then they reboot right in the middle of everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like a lot of creators... Um, especially the bigger companies are writing to just have it be published in a trade paperback in six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder, um, without any spoilers, do you hope to kind of connect a bigger story at some point, or are you really like going with these self-contained stories that really speak for themselves on their own? Well, so the point of, of connection for Ryan and myself, because we're both older guys is, we both really liked X Files, and mm-hmm. yeah, more so the stru- uh. the structure of X Files necessarily than you know two FBI agents and blah blah blah. But you know mm-hmm. how it's like you could have stories of the week, but there was still these underlying currents, and then yeah. suddenly you would get to these these episodes, and they would sort of bring you up to date on you know Smoky Man, or you would you would get up mm-hmm. to date on whatever. And so we kind of are, are stealing that model where it's like we have these self-contained stories, but there's sort of lingering threads going on in the big story. But you don't you don't have to have, have to have read it. And so then by the end of the, the season or the arc, that's when we get to it. That's when we pull these threads together and you're like, oh, OK, so we can collect it into a trade paperback. It reads really well as a trade paperback, but it also really reads really well as a floppy. You know, so. Because we, you know, I love floppies. I, I like reading comics that way. I mm-hmm. don't I don't like some of the, the things where you have to be in the middle of a story or, you know, know that this is the third different Spider-Man or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
so so yeah so that's kind of really what we wanted to do with it we really wanted to think about the structure of our comic before we even got started kickstarter has an estimated delivery of may 2019 that mm-hmm. is that when everybody should start receiving their 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 um copies or is that when everybody will start like start printing what is that yeah so the way it works is we already have the, the comics done so we don't we don't need them the money to pay for the letter or something like that okay. so it, it's all ready to go so the moment the kickstarter ends once we have all the, the email addresses, we're going to send out the digital comics. So anybody who just buys the, the digital comic, we can go ahead and send them out right then. So in mid-May, I think it's May 15th or something, is when it ends. And mm-hmm. they'll, they'll, like a week later, they'll get their digital rewards. And so it'll be the entire digital comic. It'll be whatever stretch rewards we've done, all of that. And then what we do is we take those. Unfortunately, we have to wait because we have to get all the names for the thank you section. Yeah, yeah. So, so once we get all those, then we then we can finish the the files for the printer, send it off. So the last time it took about a month to be printed, which was too long. So we're looking at some new printers to try and get it down to about two weeks. So about two weeks to be printed, get back to me, do fulfillment for about a week, take about a week in the mail. So it'll probably be about a month before people get the, the comic. That's a quick uh, quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it pays to know printers. If, you're, if you get in this business, you really want to make friends with printers. One of the cool things about checking out on Kickstarter and elsewhere is everybody has their sort of own take on Lovecraft, which I think is mm-hmm. awesome. You know, it's like you, you look at these Kickstarters and it's like, okay, it's like Chuluso for kids, you know, and or, <laughs> you know, there's there's one coming out where it's a Lovecraft paranormal investigator which looks awesome yes and, you know it's the nice thing is all these things can sort of coexist it's not like you know it, it's not like there's one specific lovecraft thing that's the right lovecraft thing it's really whatever you're into you can probably find it and everybody's having so much fun with it so nobody gets really too territorial about it because you know even way back in the day, Lovecraft basically said, hey, look, you know, I wrote these stories. Anybody who wants to play with them, go ahead. So, you know, people do. Nice. Uh, are we forgetting anything? Are we leaving anything out about um, that we might have uh, overlooked? I can't think of anything. Yeah, no. Um, we've been getting strong reviews on the comics. You know, the ones that got sent out, the, the first ones, a lot of people have been responding that they really liked it. Mm-hmm. We sent it out to a bunch of the review sites and they really liked it. They they love the second one. We just got a review back, and it was like nine point five out of ten. I, I think awesome. I spelled the word or well, something. Well, I'll, I'll say we'll, we'll, well. I think Greg and David and I, or all three of us, all th- um, we'll we'll score it very very similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. So you know, again, you know, people are enjoying it. I think they're liking it. It's a fun story. You know, it's it could be it could be really light if 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 that's the way you read it and. You know, if you start looking into it, you can see that, oh, wait a minute, there's some people monsters in here. And there, oh, might, be, yeah. there might be some people monsters around you, too. Watch out! Neighborhoods! <laughs> I, I live in a big neighborhood. I'm pretty sure there's at least one in here over here. Are you kidding? <laughs> neighborhood? You, it's like you're probably more people monsters than regular people. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> From the, the preview that you sent us. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, and I say, I, I guess it, it's with a lot of horror, I, I get drawn into it really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but it's not um it's not hard to read mm-hmm. um, you can follow and you, i guess you could fall into well, at least one of the, the stereotypes or or the character types what that's what it really meant mm-hmm. uh, um that that we have here um and i guess we can all pick our favorite character uh, based on what we either feel uh we were or or we want we would like to be when we were in, we're in uh, high school i guess <laughs> uh, yeah and see what and see what see where the story takes us and and <laughs> where where uh, see if if there's any demise to to your favorite character or not. I don't know if you're going to be going that direction for future future issues, mm-hmm. and, um, like bringing new people in or that. But uh, I guess we're, we'll all see what happens to to the characters that we get to get to know and get to um, as you know as the as the issues come out. Absolutely, yeah. No, that's that's the plan. Is you know. We're not everybody's gonna make it, you know. It's a horror story, yeah. so um, yeah. you know. But that's part of the fun, is you know, if if everybody was gonna make it, you wouldn't you wouldn't be concerned. But if you know that everybody's not gonna make it, it's like, oh man, you know, is this gonna be it? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna get it? <laughs> I guess that's, that's why people don't like. Well, people do like, but I'm saying. Uh, a lot of a lot of the majority I, for that I know do not like the prequels because you kind mm-hmm. of already know the, how it's going to end. You you know that something can't end a certain way because we know what happens later on. You know because of the the previous stories. So, but it can good. start that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's 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 really the nice thing is you know, like the the stories that I like have a sense of mystery to them you don't know how they're going to end up or you don't know exactly what's going on and that's one of the problems with prequels is i know exactly how this is going to end where's the mystery yeah but you know if they can be done and they can be done well don't get me wrong but it's you're setting yourself up for a big challenge there i want to go in like and go into like infinity war and at the end come out like what the (laughs) heck just happened (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) so yeah um well you guys have any other questions, uh, Greg, David? I, I think uh, I think you all covered everything. I'm super excited about it. It's a fun read, uh, what we got to see. So people that, that like one fun reads to a little bit of uh, Lovecraftian stuff, they should definitely jump on this because it looks so good. <laughs> well, thank you for letting us read both. These are When I was going through, I was like, man, it's kind of like Breakfast Club meets Scooby-Doo meets The X-Files. It was so rad to read. <laughs> yeah well we we really want to show people you know like if you read a first issue which you know i i'm on kickstarter a lot so i i pick up a lot of first issues here and then uh-huh. have to wait like three years for issue two um, <laughs> yeah. no no right um but you know one of the things that we wanted to do was we wanted to put out number two really quickly to sort of cement our idea of you know these individual stories so like once you got to the second one it's like Oh, okay. This isn't just continuing on. It's this is another story. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, before we before we close here, uh, do you have any other any other work or any other projects you're you're working on right now? I got a lot of things on the back burner, but man, you know, writing uh, what we consider a, a bi monthly comic takes a lot out of you, you know. So, um, you know, I, I have a full time job and a family, and so what I do is. You know, when the kids wake me up at four in the morning and want to watch YouTube, I just sit down with my, my laptop and start writing the script. So, <laughs> you know, that's, you want some real psychological terror, wake up at four in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
That's Whoa. what I do with Greg and David to keep them on their toes. Like, yeah. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> Get up, guys. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, Mike, I want to go ahead and thank you again for joining us. And um, we'll uh, we'll make sure to put all the links that um, that we have for the Kickstarter into the into the description of the, of the episode to make sure that people go out there and and share the share the link if 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 anything, share the link. Um, if you're not able to to um, back the project, um, you never know when your only your friends might enjoy the project and back it, and and um, you'll they'll have a new um, number one comic book series to be to be looking at. Oh, so, thanks, guys. Oh yeah, yeah. So remember, guys, if you guys can back it yourself, make sure to share the link, and that way it can keep going and share you can get juice. Do it. <laughs> share it. <laughs> thanks again mike for joining us and um we'll keep in touch and we'll we'll talk about other issues as they come out sounds great thanks guys this was so much fun yeah thank you so much yeah and thanks everybody for joining in here on to nerds from the crypt we'll see you guys next time Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrill by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt Podcast.